All right. Welcome back to the Blanket Coverage podcast. Nailed it this time. Uh, if you tuned in last night, <laughs> did not nail that intro um, last night. Got a little distracted there. We're coming at you with a turbo week nine recap and a week 10 preview of the NFL. And welcome, Jack Wallace, where your Atlanta Falcons are sitting at the seven seed in the NFC. And the bottom of the NFC is just an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> Which um, is why. <laughs> the bottom of the NFC playoff race, I should add. You got uh, New Orleans sitting at five and three there in the uh, sixth spot. You've got Atlanta at the seven spot. But these two teams played last week, and Jack, quickly take us through that game uh, where it seems like Kyle Pitts is becoming more and more important by the week. Well, this game is one of those games that makes everyone happy because there's nothing quite better than seeing the Saints lose in their decrepit stadium, the Superdome. This was an absolutely beautiful game where the Falcons came away with a 27-25 victory, but the craziest part is that we didn't choke because the Falcons actually did choke most of this game away. It was like an 85% choke, um, almost 90%. This was actually kind of remarkable. So the Falcons gave up three straight touchdowns after taking a 24-6 to lead with under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And the Saints came back and scored 19 straight points to take the lead with under a minute to go. But this time, the script would be changed, and the Falcons were able to pull off a win. Young Wegu kicking a 29-yard field goal for the win. If you actually look at the win probability, it makes a little W right there uh, going back up for Atlanta. So you know what? I think the football gods are on our side. But an incredible win here. Biggest player of the game here besides Matt Ryan, who actually ended up winning NFC Offensive Player of the Week um, for, for NFL, which is kind of a big deal considering that's uh, not happened anywhere near close before the season. But Patterson saved this team. Six receptions, 126 yards. He actually said in a press conference after the game, he said, if I could play in Atlanta for the next 10 years, I would. Um, he has loved being in Atlanta. We've loved having him. We have seen a career resurgence from a player who, I, I mean, has not really done anything for a long time. And now Patterson has become a serious big-time threat as we're now over halfway through the season, or I guess now sort of halfway. And it's remarkable how good that he's been with this team. And he fits perfectly in the system, and he just works. And so great for Patterson, great for Atlanta. It's our first win over New Orleans in our last three tries. It's been a sad minute, but – yeah, shout out the Falcons for getting it done and getting a big win over a New Orleans team that most would think is for sure better, but yeah, for that. Well, I'll tell you exactly why Atlanta choked this game, and that's because they couldn't run the ball at all. When yeah. I say at Running game all, was heinous. <laughs> I mean, it I was mean horrible. of 24 attempts for 34 yards. Um, but but Matt Ryan looked good on the day, even though this New Orleans defense is is really good this year. Uh, Matt Ryan looked good on the day, 24 for 30, 343 yards and two touchdowns. But let's move on. Let's talk about some other games. We got the Jets facing Indianapolis on Thursday night a week ago. Uh, Jonathan Taylor went for 172 and two touchdowns. The Colts score 40-plus, um, and the Jets scored 30-plus, but it didn't matter, and they did not even cover the 10 and a half point spread. Now, Mike White was out pretty early in this game, had to resort to Josh Johnson, if you'll remember him uh, from our days 
briefly covering the XFL. Very briefly. <laughs> but yes, yeah, we God. did. We did. We did technically cover a game. So that's that true. We did. We did. Um, Josh Johnson did not look great in this game, about as you would expect for a third string quarterback. Indy gets it done at home. New York is now yeah. two and six. Shout out Indy. Jonathan Taylor for this game, too. He had an unbelievable day. 700, 100, not 700, sorry, 172 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he's really been coming into a really good form over the last few weeks. Um, so I guess going back on our takes a little bit on the do not draft list, I know we made fun of him yeah. almost as much as we made fun of Bears wide receivers, but. Uh, which is a whole nother topic, but yeah, Taylor did really great. But uh, next up we have a battle of the greatest state in our union. And that is obviously the state of Ohio and it's Cleveland up against Cincinnati in a battle of the, why would you live there? And the Browns absolutely destroyed the Bengals. Um, Nick Chubb basically did whatever he wanted. 337 yards, two scores. It is the biggest Cleveland win over Cincinnati since 1987. Wow. And mind you, this is a Cincinnati team that is infinitely better than what we saw last season. And the Browns couldn't pull this off. And the Browns are arguably still a really good team, if not better, last season. So, yeah, 41-16, embarrassing for, for the Bengals. Uh, this was a very bizarre game for them to get beaten this badly. Well... I don't want to talk about the Odell Beckham drama because you can go literally anywhere on the internet yeah. and find way too much about a receiver that hasn't been good since 2016. Probably won't be good again in his career. Um, Imagine if, if he didn't guess. catch that play against Dallas. Imagine if he didn't make that catch. If Odell never had that <laughs> catch, he's basically Allen Robinson. <laughs> Oh God. He's like a worse Allen Robinson. Um, Odell, let's, let's face it is not very good. Uh, but the Browns are better without him. And, and it's clear. The numbers are clear. Um, Baker Mayfield had a decent day through the air, even with that banged up shoulder. Uh, and Burrow struggled though. Burrow did day for Burrow. Uh, Burroughs had some turnover issues this year. Yeah. Uh, He's at 11, 11 picks. I don't foresee them fixing themselves uh and he has and they have not won a game since we kind of had their coming out party if you will um against the baltimore ravens well you choked against the jets and then now the browns then you got at raiders steelers chargers 49ers at broncos ravens chiefs and at the browns to end the season that's a pretty tough schedule that's a lot of hard games in there. Yeah, but I think if you're a if you're a Bengals fan and Ryan uh, Ryan Bennell would certainly be the person to ask about this. If you're a Bengals yeah. fan, even if you don't make the playoffs this year, probably a good spot to be in as a franchise because this team clearly oh, yeah. needs to build. They need a star on defense. They don't have that yeah. star, even though their defense has been well, playing well. They have Bates, but it's really hard to have a safety as a star like that. So I know what you mean. They need someone more. Right. I mean, Kansas City has Tyron Matthew, and they're still the worst defense in the league. Yeah, because, again, it's it's just – I get that, again, it's very, very tough to have a safety be the leader like that being that far out. If they had, like – I mean, I know you mean some more kind of, like, stud guy on the line, like a Miles Garrett type or some stud guy out of linebacker, like a Bobby Wagner, what he's been for the Seahawks. So it's, like, at least when they've been decent defense. But – yeah, and Miles Garrett same kind of Miles Garrett completely as you were say as you were saying Miles Garrett's name. Miles Garrett completely lived in the Cincinnati Bengals backfield and he's just a game wrecker. He can change games. Which we knew would happen. 
We knew and that, that would and that's we what the Browns are. That's what the Browns yeah. are. They have that on both sides of the ball. They've got Nick yeah. Chubb, who is as game breaking of a running back as they come, and then they've got Miles Garrett on the other side. And those are just two game plan wreckers that you can lean on. Uh, and might the Browns be back? Uh, we thought they we thought they had some injury issues. We thought Baker. Maybe. Uh, might not. I mean, Baker is not a great option uh, with his injury, but with as talented as this team is, I think they can. I think he can take them pretty far. Um, yeah. If the defense plays well and if they're going to run the ball like this, uh, but the Patriots this week will be very interesting. That could be a really interesting game. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Denver versus Dallas game, which we had a lot of surprising results. Yeah, you want to talk um, about game plan records? <laughs> as, you want as, to talk about a game plan wrecking game. As surprising as the Buffalo loss to Jacksonville was, I we'll honestly think we'll this score. I think this score was more shocking because in all in in all actuality, the Broncos blanked the Cowboys. Um, now, I realize the Cowboys scored 16 points in this game, but those were all garbage time touchdowns. There was a 30 to 0 lead from Detroit at one, I mean, from Detroit, from Denver at one point in this game. Um, we talked about Denver as a possible playoff team earlier in the season. I'm not sure whether I want to go there yet, but the fact that they can do this to a contending NFC team uh, is, is pretty alarming. And the thing is, though, I wasn't really shocked by this win. I really wasn't. And the reason why I wasn't is because I saw the Broncos as a team that had been struggling so much early on after winning three games against easy opponents. They struggled so much in those last few games, but they played really well and lost to the Broncos close. Like, they really played nearly the same as them and lost in such a tight game. And then what did they do? They came out and beat Washington. And I get, I understand that Washington is not that great, but they pulled it out. They finally got the, the wrench out of the middle of the machine, and I thought that I was like, I think that's the thing that breaks out of them. And then you have you have Melvin Gordon, you have Javante Williams, you have some young pieces on here that can really work, and you have Tim Patrick, who I really liked for a while, and it got 64 yards, um, or sorry, he had 64 yards uh, led, leading the team in Washington. I predicted him to come out and have a big game. What did he do? Four receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. He broke out. And so I just really think the rookies came through for this team. I think Dallas just sort of shut down. It was Prescott's first game back. I think there were honestly a lot of things here for an upset, and I really wasn't that shocked by it. Was I shocked by 30 to nothing? Yes. But I do think that Denver had the makings to come out and win this game. And, again, I really wasn't that surprised they won it. So, I mean, shout-out to Denver for getting the job done. And they're now 5-4, and four, so pretty solid season start to them. I know they got a long way to go. I know you mentioned playoffs is still iffy, but 5-4 and four is still a pretty good spot to be in nine games in. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm willing to forgive Dallas for this one because you got Dak coming out of a win. Um, again, coming out of an injury, I mean. A yeah. game that no one should watch um, and that I certainly did not. Houston versus Miami. Um, this is a awful, awful game. Somehow, oh, my God. Somehow one of these teams won the game. Uh, Tua went out. Uh, fairly early. He might not have even played. I need to check. Um, no, Tua didn't even play. Um, Brissett, yeah, Brissett was all over the place today. Both so present performance and literally. Brissett was your passer for the day. And uh, as as well um, as Brissett played, 
Uh, he did have two interceptions, and Tyrod Taylor um, ended up with three interceptions. So it's just an it's just a turnover battle um, in Miami. These are two horrible, horrible teams, and I don't think we really need to talk about this situation at all. So let's move on to our next game: Vegas versus the Giants, and we got a little upset action. We know it's been a tumultuous uh, month for the uh for the Raiders um between John Gruden, Henry Ruggs and now Damon Arnett getting released. Um but the Giants won this game. Xavier McKinney ended up two touchdowns including a pick six and I know we were kind of hesitant to step off of the Raiders, but this one was bad. Yeah, this one was pretty pathetic. And uh, again, this was also another game that I kind of saw coming a little bit. Um, and the reason why was because I don't think the Giants are really that god-awful. And before you try to rip apart the take there, it's because they beat the Panthers by a zillion, played a really good game on the road at night against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and almost won, and then play against the Raiders team that's very, very due for an upset loss. I wasn't that shocked by this loss. Seriously, I really didn't think this was that insane of a loss here. And you had Derek Carr coming in who didn't have that great of a game. You knew Josh Jacobs had been way less of what he'd been. Now, Darren Waller finally played a decent game. Thank goodness for my fantasy team. But I don't know. I just, I really had a feeling of the Giants could come out and get this win. They've been playing pretty well. And then who do they have next at the Buccaneers? You know, they're not going to win that game. So I think this is a pretty good stretch to be coming in here. Because, yeah, I was at that Rams game. They looked Horrible in the Rams game. Terrible against the Rams. And then a week later, they show up and beat the living crap out of the Panthers that I get the Panthers aren't that great, but that still was a really impressive win. It's hard to beat a team in the NFL that badly. And so when they came out and lost to the Chiefs that close against the Raiders, yeah, going back to the Meadowlands, I could see an upset there. And it ended up happening. Um, McKinney got two interceptions and a touchdown. You mentioned he played great, but I just – I, I'm really, I'm really not that surprised. Xavier McKinney coming back into this game, he was um, actually tested positive for COVID over the week. Was able to come right back in the game. Clearly, he was the biggest player for the game here. But no, I wasn't. This was not that shocking of an upset. No, and we got a classic Derek Carr. Uh, stat, I'm sorry, not Derek Carr. We got a classic Daniel. They Jones were due. They were due. We got a classic Daniel Jones stat line in this: 15 for 20 for only 110 yards. Um, and of course, did he, he fumble? Attack. Yes, he did. And he <laughs> lost the fumble. Uh, so scratch that off your Daniel Jones bingo card. Um, if you had that, let's move on. He had New to, England. he had to New England versus Carolina. Um, Carolina, Sam Darnold gets hurt. Uh, Sam Darnold was playing really badly to begin with. So I'm not sure whether this is a positive or a negative for uh, Carolina, but New England is getting a little frisky here. Um, I, I, I've been impressed with some of the stuff that they're doing. Obviously, Mac Jones is probably the most pro-ready um, of, of all the rookie quarterbacks. Um, but even he didn't have a great game against Carolina because they, have a re- they do have a really good defense, and Stephon Gilmore has been playing out of his mind. But... I mean, Carolina, just the inability to put up any offense whatsoever uh, is alarming. And and I'm really, really impressed by what the Patriots have been able to string together here. And they're a possible playoff team in the AFC. 
I did want to make a point about the Panthers, though, that came out about 40 minutes ago. So I don't know if you saw this, but Cam Newton is confirmed to be meeting with the Panthers about a possible return to uh, come in to start a quarterback. So I did want to say we could be seeing Cam Newton lace it up for the Panthers one last run. So it's kind of insane. But yeah, the Panthers are four and five. They started three and oh. And then after that, it has been a train wreck. I'm still disgusted that the Falcons actually lost to this team. Partially due to the fact the Falcons have basically owned this franchise the last uh, really kind of while. Last 10 or so years, the Falcons have been very much the better team, um, at least in the series head-to-head. And, yeah, the Falcons really blew that game. And then, of course, the Panthers get absolutely bodied both the games around the Falcons game because, of course. But, yeah, this game was pretty miserable to watch. Uh, I was watching Red Zone all day Sunday, and this game was barely on Red Zone, which makes sense because nothing happened. So, I mean – just frankly, this was just not a good game. Uh, there was very little in here. Um, again, like you said, I'm still impressed with New England, but Mac Jones really wasn't even that great today no, uh, for this game. 139 yards total. Uh, even Christian McCaffrey was decent. He had 106 total yards, about split pretty half and half between receptions and rushing. It just was kind of a nothing burger game. Darnold was absolutely heinous in this game. Watching him made me hate football, and I just – I don't understand what this game was or why we had to schedule this game, but let's just hope we don't have to watch this anymore. But we have next up the game. Um, This was – okay, so we have the game of the week that we already talked about. This is the anti-game of the week. So this is the one – because, again, I don't count Houston-Miami as NFL teams, so that didn't count as as an anti-game of the week. These teams are actual teams. The Bills, because they're good, and the Jacks, because they're so bad that they're funny. And – this game was one of the weirdest NFL games I think I may have ever watched. And it was a six to nine final, which of course it was six to nine to have the Jaguars win because what other combination would fit better for urban Meyer and the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars than winning six to nine, but it happened. And Josh Allen is confirmed to be better than Josh Allen is the only thing I can say here is that, Josh Allen, it was the first time that a player by the same name has had a sack against a quarterback of the same name. And Josh Allen for this game, I just got to shout out Josh Allen here. Eight tackles led the team overall. One sack, which is the first against players, same first last name. Two tackles for loss, which tied for the team lead. One pick, the first of his career, and one fumble or force fumble, or sorry, fumble recovery, which is also the first of his career. This was the greatest game in Josh Allen's career, and it came at the expense of Josh Allen. Yeah, and we're absolutely seeing uh, some chinks in Buffalo's armor here. I'm not stepping off of Buffalo quite yet, but for as good as their offense can be, it doesn't seem like they can consistently put it together quite yet. We know what the defense is. The defense is probably the best in the AFC but their offensive line has not been able to put it together. They're not running the ball very well, Um, and they're going to get themselves locked into some of these games where it's going to end up being a toss-up, and and that that worries me about Buffalo, but the obvious question is, is there a clear contender in the AFC, and you have to put Buffalo in that category just because of their record and how good they've been in most of their games uh, so far this season. But certainly a very surprising, uh, very surprising result there. Next up, we got Minnesota versus Baltimore, where Minnesota feels like they're just living on the razor's edge each week. Um, 
I know uh, James Danielson uh, from GTD uh, certainly has some really, really interesting tweets um, about the Vikings. I really enjoy reading those there. Uh, a lot of shade being thrown at offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak. Um, but this was another overtime game. Lamar uh, playing out of his mind through the air. Seems like he's really um, gone up a level if you will, to where he can really take over a game without having to run the ball. They can actually just go through the air um, and still so get wins. He did run the ball a good chunk, 120 yards on 21 carries. But I get what you're saying, where he did have a very successful yeah. game to the air despite two interceptions. But they're but going uh, to run the ball, and they haven't been as run heavy as they have been in the past yeah. because Lamar seems to have less limitations in the past game than he did. I still very confidently have the Ravens winning this game, though. I get the Bengals is a really bad loss last week. I understand that, and I get that's why it was probably a popular pick for the Vikings here. But I've just seen the Vikings is losing too much. Part of it may have been slightly, slightly a little bit of a um, oh, what was the what was the term we gave it with college football? But the uh, so a spite pick that that was yeah. it. Uh, part of it might have been a spite pick because the Vikings had screwed me a lot in picks, and I just felt right with the with the Ravens and got it, but. Yeah, this was a, a pretty successful game, even though the scoreline was pretty heavily in favor of the Vikings, 17-3 to with a minute to go in the, in, the, in the first half. It was 24-10 to with about nine minutes to go in the third quarter. And even with a touchdown, a one-yard pass to Thielen with a minute 03 to go, it still looked like the Vikings could pull it off. But Justin Tucker, a field goal with just 16 seconds to go in overtime. This was actually kind of close to, to, to being um, a tie, perhaps, but – Justin Tucker, Mr. Automatic, always gets it done. And, yeah, this is an impressive game for Baltimore. We know that Minnesota's not really the best team in the world, obviously, but after a loss last week that bad to the Bengals, the Ravens had to bounce back, and this is a really solid way to do it. All right. Well, I'm going to move through some of these games because we've got to go pretty quickly here. But the Chargers versus the Eagles, uh, walk-off field goal for L.A., who also seems to be living on the Razor's edge nowadays. Um, Herbert was great in this game. Herbert was great in this game. Devontae Smith was great in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Chargers don't really seem to have a defense that can stop the run uh, whatsoever. They're last in the league, allowing five yards per carry. Um, and a note about the Eagles' schedule here. Uh, they're now three and six, and five of their last eight games remaining are against NFC East opponents, including all of their last four. That's certainly good news. Uh, or, or, or bad <laughs> or news. Maybe not good news. They're still the three Eagles and six. To, the Eagles have to, you know, play football games. That's always pretty bad news, usually. Um, next oh, up, we've got Green Bay versus Kansas City. Uh, this one's pretty cut and dry. I think Green Bay wins this game by three touchdowns if Aaron Rodgers in. Uh, that situation was just so blown out of proportion. It's not even funny anymore. And I don't uh, want to talk about it. I, I, only, I only had KC in this game for that reason. I did not trust uh, Love to get it done. And I trusted Mahomes to, to do it at home. But I just still – because the bigger storyline here is not as much about Rodgers because it's kind of cut and dry. But – Patrick Mahomes, he 20 for 37, 166 yards and a touchdown. It's just like depressing seeing like I'm I'm convinced he traded his soul with the devil to be able to get 
uh, uh, the Super Bowl ring and another appearance because at this point, this team is like the same team bringing it back. And I know the defense we talked about is really terrible, but the defense actually played great. I get it was against Jordan Love, but Aaron Jones was fine and ready to go, and he didn't do anything. So I get there were issues on this, but it, it still was kind of mind-blowing that this Chiefs offense can only muster 13 points. And, and that just is one touchdown. It was a one-yard touchdown on like the first drive of the game, <laughs> and that was it. So it's just really strange to me how it's just been a really, really pathetic outing from Mahomes this season. Um, it, it just – I don't get it. I mean, oh, and I get I, yardage is good. I get his yardage is very good. It's top five in the league. And I get his touchdowns are high, but the interceptions have been really bad. And even this game was a really bad game alone. So I'm not trying to say he sucks. Yeah, I've sucks. But, like, it's, it's not the normal Mahomes we're used to. No, and I mean, Green Bay has a good defense. Uh, they have a good defensive line. They can get after the passer a little bit. Uh, but yeah, really, a really uh, confounding uh, stat line from Mahomes last week. Uh, Arizona versus San Francisco. Um, and if you watch this game, you simply know it as the Colt McCoy James Connor game, uh, which I never would think I would say. Arizona wow. dominated San Francisco, who is objectively a bad team this year. It's I mean, kind of hard to watch. I took their under before the season started, but they are objectively a bad team here. But but Kittle did have a good game, and it's been a long while since we've seen him play, and so I was happy to see him finally getting some production in. He, he did play well. Yeah, but no Murray, no Hopkins for the Cardinals, and they just seemed like they couldn't. And the Niners, who are supposedly have a good defense, uh, seem like they can't really stop um, anyone. And let me um just to, to do you the honor, I might as well intro our next game up because I know you're excited about it. But we next up have the Derrick Henry-less Tennessee Titans up against the gauntlet of an NFC team, the LA Rams. And so, yeah, that wasn't the storyline that aged well. Um, <laughs> the Titans absolutely romp the Rams. Uh, LA putting up a late touchdown that meant nothing. But if you don't really want to count that, uh, you can basically count it before it was 28-9, to finished 28-16. But, yeah, this game was kind of a joke after the uh, first quarter because uh, Tennessee basically did whatever they wanted. Kevin Byard had another pick six, so this was a 24-yard interception touchdown. And Matthew Stafford, what was that? He was absolutely all over the place, looked completely lost this game. Mind you, Tannehill didn't really have a great game either. In fact, you could argue that, Stafford didn't really play a whole lot worse than Tannehill if he played worse, but the Tennessee defense was clearly the all the all stars of this game, showing up huge against this really good Rams offense. Even Henderson didn't really do anything. Uh, Robert Woods was held to 100 yards, and Cooper Cup actually kept in check, which he hasn't been kept in check in a long while. But yeah, Cup only had 11 for 95, which again you can say, oh, that's pretty good. But Cup's been getting like 150 plus the last few weeks, so. Finally, someone is slowing down this Rams team. Titans-Rams Super Bowl rematch, perhaps, would be awesome. I would be 100% in favor of that. Um, don't know if that's going to happen, but who knows? But Titans are certainly playing like they want to make a deep run in the playoffs right now. They certainly are. Well, the Titans are sitting at 7-2, and two, which is tied for – not even tied. They outright own the best record in the AFC. They are your current one seed. I don't necessarily know if that holds, but we didn't get to talk about the Henry injury yet. Um, Henry, there's a chance he comes back for the playoffs and the Titans have a three-game division lead 
And if their defense can step up uh, like we've seen uh, them step up in the last week against the Rams, which was, I mean, they completely got the Rams off schedule. Uh, They forced Stafford to make some turnovers and the defense is what won this game. And it was led by Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard, um, who are the biggest stars on our defense, if you will. And you want me to make you happy real quick? Because I yeah. have uh, some good news for you. I've got here's some... your here's your schedule coming up, and it is the NFL's easiest after the Titans face the and NFL's reason toughest why. schedule up to this point. So the toughest part of the Titans' schedule through the first half of their season done. Now they have the easiest schedule in the league uh, to soften yeah, I the can, blow I can, of um... Henry being out. I can run it down. Actually, every single one of these games, except for one, is a 1 p.m. game. (laughs) Every single one is 1 p.m. minus one. And it's Saints at home, Texans at home, at the Patriots, which that could be tricky. Jaguars at home, at the Steelers, which that will be hard, um, based on these last two games. Uh, Niners at home, Dolphins at home, at the Texans. There's only really two games in there that I could see as they could lose that game. Minus some kind of epic collapse because we know the Texans are absolutely terrible. The Dolphins have been miserable. The Jags are miserable. The Saints are slipping hard, and it's a good time to play the Saints right now. I mean, Niners haven't looked good. Steelers and Pats are tough, but that home slate, which, mind you, the grand majority of these games are on the home slate, that shouldn't really be too tricky. I mean, that's five out of your last eight games at home, and none of those five games are really that difficult. In fact, the Saints game probably is the most difficult, and that's coming up this week. So, I don't know. Tennessee's been really impressive. We know they've gone through the Cardinals, uh, the Colts already twice, that have been obviously the second-best team in the AFC South. You have the um, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams. Ironically, the Jets is one of the only blemishes on this team. Uh, Cardinals as well, but the Cardinals' loss is obviously becoming very forgivable. And and even the Jets' loss is bad, but it kind of makes up for it when you beat the Bills and the Rams. I mean, who really cares about the Jets' loss when you beat those two teams? So, it's yeah, it's become kind of ridiculous. Tennessee's really getting it done, and I really feel bad for him that Derrick Henry won't be able to be down the stretch this season because if he was in, I would already lock them up as a basically top three, top four AFC seed. Without him, I think they still can get it, but obviously I'm less confident. But it, um, it still has been a really impressive run for Tennessee, and it's not slowing down. But, hey – Adrian Peterson got a touchdown in this game, which that was kind of funny that that happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Thought he was dumb, but back right back. Swing of things for my guy all day, uh, who was going to assume the Derrick Henry role with the help of uh, Deontay Foreman. If you'll remember that name from uh, the Big 12, former Doak Walker award winner, uh, certainly mm-hmm. a talented running back there. Uh especially by practice squad standards. Um, Next game up, we had the Monday night game, Chicago versus Pittsburgh. This game made me want to claw my eyes out, but we're starting to see some, uh, some steady improvement. Even though they lost the game, they basically lost it because the refs in the NFL um, are on crack season. Uh, Ooh, to be boy, quite honest, it's been don't forget about the hip check. <laughs> it has been really, really bad, and I'm not sure it's been worse and more blatantly in favor of one team uh, than it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Bears. Uh, because without that, uh, without that taunting penalty, that dumb taunting penalty that no one wants except for the old white guys that own these teams. 
uh, that think we still live in like, I don't know, the 60s, uh, like the early 60s. Um, with the exception for those guys, no one wants to see this rule. And now it's becoming an important part of games. And it's been an important part of games. But like, like I'm trying to think. There, there was a the video healthy earlier this here. season for Seattle against Tennessee uh, that ended up giving Tennessee uh, some really good field position to end up winning that game. Uh, but it, I'm not sure it's meant more to the he, outcome of a game uh, than this right here. So check, yeah, check this out. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> was directing. Here, watch this again. Now he's already reaching. <laughs> Foul had already took taken place. Okay. I mean, that's so blatant. And look Go at home. it. Get another. At, but here's the craziest thing. Look at this. Really felt. Oh, well, let me get back to it again. So 256 to go in the game. <laughs> Fourth down. Fourth down. It gives them the free check. I mean, it's insane. It's absolutely ridiculous. The it's Bears the, were so robbed in this game. It was unreal. That is the worst refereeing job I've ever seen. But, but let's with that quickly... game, with that game, one to say that Tomlin gets 150th career win, second all time for Pittsburgh, and Big Ben gets his. I mean, it's Mickey Mouse, but still gets his 50th game winning drive, 38th fourth quarter comeback, and fifth straight game for a Harris rushing score. So yeah, they're still rolling. Absolutely. Well, let's quickly get to our AFC and NFC teams and players of the week and then our lock of the week and then run rapid fire through the picks. Jack, take me through your players of the week and your teams. A little bit of it I have already mentioned, but I'm going to go through uh, NFC first. And that's uh, kind of both Matt Ryan and Cordero Patterson or Cordero Patterson because Matt Ryan played one of his best games of the whole season. As I mentioned, the NFL honored him with NFC Player of the Week too, And Cordero Patterson was absolutely electric in this game, got the job done receiving. And Team of the Week, I'm going to go with ATL. Pulling out a big win against New Orleans on the road. Haven't won there in forever. Just blew a game to the Panthers. This is a win that was hard to see coming. I actually did. I, th I called it. I said Atlanta was going to win this game. I felt good about it simply um, only because of actually the Braves. I just felt some good Atlanta vibes coming in. And they proved to be right. So what a great week for me as an Atlanta fan, uh, besides the Hawks being bad. But we'll get to that in, a, in, a, in an NBA talk. But um, it's been pretty exciting to see that happen. And then for my AFC, I went with Josh Allen. Of course, the Jags player, Josh Allen, for his ridiculous performance I already talked about. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars as my team of the week for pulling off a big win. Obviously, they didn't look good doing it, but they still somehow did it. So shout out the Jags for actually winning a, a decent game. Big time. Well, I'm going to go with James Conner uh, from Arizona for my NFC team of the week. And only three NFC teams won this week, and one of them was the Giants, and I'm just not going to give it to the Giants. Uh, that's just not going to happen. They're a bad football team. Uh, so James Conner gets my player of the week, and Arizona gets my team of the week for without their two best players still getting it done against a division rival. And in the AFC – same deal. I got Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans ending up with three sacks, completely wrecking the game uh, in, in truly against the Rams, Aaron Donald-like fashion um, uh, for Jeffrey Simmons. And then I got Tennessee as my team of the week because four straight wins against four straight playoff teams. They're going for a fifth this week against New Orleans. 
Um, and let's start Please, out man. our picks because we've got to go really rapid fire through these with our lock of the week. Jack, what is your lock of the week? My first lock of the week is we're getting a Dallas and Atlanta rematch from the epically pathetic choke of a couple years ago that we, or I think it was last year, even that we don't need to go over again, but I'm going with the over on this game. I think that both these teams defenses have not really been great whatsoever. We saw both teams let the other score over 25 points. So I'm still going to go with the over on this game. I don't think either of these teams can defend. And I know that both Atlanta and Dallas have really solid offenses. And I think that they'll be pretty easy to be here. Uh, this is very, very, very far down my list of bets that I will make because um, the, I just, A, I don't bet on the Atlanta Falcons. And B, I think I've never won an Atlanta Falcons over or under. Uh, so just be careful there. Just be careful there. <laughs> I'm just if saying. I, we were, I, I believe it. If we were going it. for competing picks, I might just pick the under because be careful there. Uh, that that one could get a little frisky. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my God. Okay, you know how I just made that mention earlier? Mm-hmm. Cam Newton has officially reached a deal to return to the Panthers. <laughs> oh, dear God. Go play in the XFL. <laughs> Oh it's not, it is official. No. He is coming back. No, I have physical. McCaffrey on my fantasy team. He just came back, and now you give me Cam Newton, who's going to airmail him every time. You oh can't even get running back out of the backfield. Come on, Cam. Cam is so washed. It's not even funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move past that. But my lock <laughs> needed to mention. <laughs> My lock of the week um, is the Green Bay Packers, who are sitting at minus two and a half against the Seahawks. Look, we're getting the Russ versus Rodgers vibes, and neither of them played in these teams' last game. Uh, Again, I think the Rodgers situation was blown immensely, immensely out of proportion to where it became a pop culture story. Uh, for some reason, and it became like a political, like we had political people, like political whack jobs on Twitter uh, that should never oh, be commenting on football whatsoever, <laughs> uh, chiming in on this game. And I'm all over the Packers this year. I know I picked them in the Super Bowl. Um, I am still riding that pick, um, and I'm going to ride with them here because, again, I think Kansas City is probably a better team than Seattle. And Green Bay, saying something. Green Bay would have won that game by three touchdowns last week if they had Aaron Rodgers at the helm. But let's get into our picks. Again, we're going to go rapid fire mode here because we do not have much time. The records as it stands, uh, we do not have last week's records up, but 84 and 39 for Jack, who is in the lead by eight games over me. Uh, and I am sitting at 76 and 47. So let's go to the Thursday night football game, tonight's game. This one's pretty cut and dry. Baltimore versus Miami. And one of these teams is good starting an MVP candidate. And the other team is the Miami Dolphins starting Jacoby Brissett. Where are you going to go here, Jack? Well, I'm knocking on wood in this game because I actually somehow have not lost a Thursday night pick the entire season thus far. I've gotten every single one right. So we're going to knock on wood pretty heavily that it stays this way. But I'm going to go with Baltimore easily. Me too. Uh, Next up, we got Atlanta versus Dallas in the battle of which team can choke this game harder. Uh, I think we see a revenge game, a return to form for Dallas. And I'm sorry that it has to be... uh, it has to be against the 
Atlanta Falcons, but Dallas is going to come out pissed off this week. They're going to come out with a good game plan. Atlanta doesn't have a great defense. Um, I'm ready for the Cowboys to roll in this one. This is not a good time to play the Cowboys. And despite the fact that Atlanta did win last week, I think the Saints, I mean, I think it's kind of not even much of an opinion, but kind of factual at this point. The Saints have infinitely more issues on their team right now than what Dallas is presenting. Dallas has become a really solid team this year. I get the loss last week was bad. But do we really think that Dallas is going to lose to a not-that-great team that's 4-4 four and four coming in two weeks in a row in Jerry World? They're not doing that twice in a row. Dallas will win this game. Oh, absolutely. So we got a game that I am planning on going to. Uh, New Orleans versus the Titans in Nissan Stadium. The Titans coming off of four straight wins against four straight playoff teams. And – Look, I, I, I know, I know there is vast upset potential for the Saints here because they just win games that they feel like they shouldn't win. But with Trevor Simeon, I feel like this team is a little bit sunk. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Titans getting their fifth straight win here. I just don't really feel it for New Orleans. Last week was really sad, and I think the last week, the biggest reason why is because New Orleans actually made the comeback and then lost. And I think that's way worse for a team's mentality than not making the comeback at all and losing. But the fact they have put that much effort in just to blow it at home and now you have to go on the road, I think it's really, really hard to bounce back from that in just one week. And again, still with Simeon, I just don't think they're going to get it done. I think Tennessee's been in such good form lately and they'll keep going up. But I think you're all right where upset is potential here. I'm not extremely confident picking the Titans, but I am pretty confident. All right, so the next game we got going, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. I will 100% not be watching this game, uh, mostly because I'll be at the Titans game, but just I wouldn't watch this game anyway. Uh, I've got Indianapolis pretty cut and dry here uh, just because Indy's in the playoff race and we don't know what we're going to get from Jacksonville on a week-to-week basis. I have Indy easily in this game. They're favored by 10.5 actually coming into this game, at least what it looks like on ESPN right now. So I'm pretty confident. I don't know. I don't really have a ton of faith in this team. Um, Indy just put up a zillion against the Jets, and the offense looked really good doing it. And their offense has actually looked really good the last four games, going uh, two and one, or sorry, three and one um, in those last four games. Uh, or sorry, sorry, yeah, three and one, sorry. Three and one in the last four games. Offense looked great in all of them. One game they lost, which is the Titans game. The offense still looked pretty good. So, yeah, the offense should come out really strong in this game. I don't think Jacksonville can do much about it, especially when Jacksonville's defense is arguably better than the offense anyway. So, I just don't know if they have any kind of firepower to overpower this Colts team. Yeah, next game up, we got Cleveland versus New England in the battle of average quarterbacks with good running games. Uh, I'm going to take the Cleveland running game, even without Nick Chubb this week. I think they get Dearness Johnson going. I think they play tough defense. I think Miles Garrett is living in Mac Jones grill the entire game. I'm going with Cleveland. Uh, in this game, uh, I, I'm a little conflicted about this one really. And I think I may actually be leaning more on the side of the Patriots in this game. They've, they've yet to really get, sort of a big-time win here, but they've won three games in a row, and they've looked really strong and like the better team in all three of these games. And the last game they lost to the Cowboys, again, they arguably should have won. There really hasn't been a really brutal, bad loss for this New England team since week one, and that was against the Dolphins only by one point. 
So I think this Patriots team has been a quiet team ready to really break out and they play after the Browns, the Falcons, which shouldn't really be that hard either. So I, um, I think this may be a big breakout game for the Patriots. I get Cleveland bounced back big last week, but I don't know. I think having Nick Chubb out in this game is going to hurt because he's not going to be him due to COVID-19 stuff. And I think this New England defense can really have the ability to shut him down. All right, I've got to run here, so we are going to go rapid, rapid fire through these picks. We both have Buffalo against the Jets because why is there any point in talking about this anymore? Uh, revenge game for Buffalo there. Uh, Detroit versus Pittsburgh. I certainly do not see Dan Campbell getting his first win against these Steelers. Uh, we've both got the Steelers there. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Washington. Tampa Bay just continues to beat the hell out of these no little, question here. <laughs> little, no question. Uh, little teams, uh, bad teams across from them. No question. Tampa Bay for both of us. Carolina versus Arizona. No Darnold against the best team in the NFC. Who do you think we're going with uh, is my question there. This uh, is not really a question. <laughs> not um, a question. Run through, run through a couple more of these. Philadelphia versus Denver. We both have Denver coming off of a big win versus Dallas. Seattle versus Green Bay. We both got Green Bay. Rodgers returning there. We're not sure how Russ is going to look coming off of his surgery. Uh, we've got a couple different ones, but we'll go ahead and pick the Monday night game. Rams versus the 49ers. We've both got the Rams there. The Niners are looking pretty lackluster thus far. Uh, the two that we had different, we had Minnesota versus L.A. I got Minnesota in this game because I think they're going to be able to run Dalvin Cook however they please, and L.A. has the worst rushing defense in the league. I, I have a lot of faith in this game for what the Chargers have done. I think that that bounce back game against Philly was big. It was on the road. I think coming back home, that could help them a lot. And the Vikings have looked pretty not great in their last couple of games. I get they blew that game to Baltimore pretty badly, but I think that L.A. has the ability to bounce back and get a big win here. I get their defense isn't a solid, but their offense is better. And not by a lot, but it is better. And I think they can use that to help uh, make this game pretty strong. Even though the games, uh, the uh, the records are very different, I do think that this could be a very solid performance coming out here for this LA team. I like them coming back home here. Also, the Vikings have been miserable on the road too. Vikings have been horrible on the road. And then next up, we got Sunday Night Football: Kansas City versus Las Vegas. We've talked about the tumultuous. Uh, month that it's been for the Las Vegas Raiders and I don't see it getting any better against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs even though they haven't really shown it against good teams this year um I I don't know I I I may go be going out on a limb here I kind of went out on a lot of limbs last week with some upsets and ended up working out so I'm going to kind of go out on a limb a little bit here too and I get that the Raiders are actually um home uh, underdogs here, but I also get the odds to win seem really, really, really tight on both sides. I think those are two really evenly matched teams. I just think the KC defense is too awful. Uh, bye weeks here, Chicago, Cincinnati, the New York Giants, and Houston are all on bye, which honestly the majority of those teams we don't really want to see anyway, so I think that helps us all out. <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually going to make the exact same point. The NFL did us a big favor this week uh, by putting – Three out of four of those teams are just horrendous teams to watch play. Um, and I never I never want to watch a Giants game again. I'm so tired of the Giants. I'm tired of them getting uh, primetime spots. And they don't deserve it. And I'm just glad to see that they're not on the slate this week. 
to be quite honest. But that'll do it for the Blanket Coverage podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you catch us for the college basketball preview. I know at least Jack will be a part of that. We'll see if I can make it work out in my schedule. But once again, thanks so much for listening. Tune in on Going the Distance Sports. Check out our blogs at gtdsports.com. For now, I am Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace Peace out, out, y'all.